Hi, Snitches. <laughs> I pressed record and we looked at each other for at least three seconds and then spoke at the exact same time. Yeah, that's just how we work. Welcome to Basic Snitches. Yeah. That was not a particular <laughs> tune nope. that I was planning on. Someone want to write us a theme song? Yeah, here in our seventh season. You know what? <laughs> Halfway through the final book. Yeah, now's as good a time as any. Why the fuck not? Today we're talking about chapter 18 of the Harry Potter. Ulysses by James Joyce. Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. We're getting really boring. I don't know. I was like, Wow. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> Did you prepare? Did you read the entire novel of Ulysses by you James Joyce? Let me find my Spark Notes. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> I would not have gotten through my English degree if it weren't for Spark Notes. Um, anyways, anyways. it's actually chapter 18. Chapter 18. The, the Life, Life and Lies of Elvis Dumbledore. Have you ever seen the movie Dracula Dead and Loving It? Yes. <laughs> I can actually say yes to that question. Yes. <laughs> the yes. woman who was like telling them they can't go down to oh the and she's just doing the... It's very treacherous. <laughs> is that what that is? Or am I thinking of something else? I um, can't remember what she, she says, but she like literally just holds the note out. That is my favorite Halloween movie because I don't watch scary movies. That and Shaun of the Dead. But that's not what we're talking about today. This is not a Shaun of the Dead or Halloween movie podcast let's acknowledge our patrons and those folks are ashley Brittany, jen mary beth megan nicole and olivia and as always you can also join or rejoin that list at patreon.com slash basic snitches at our Ya Basic tier for $5 a month or our Quen tier at $10 a month. We post exclusive content every single week. You get acknowledged in every single episode. And at the Quen tier, there's even more for you to enjoy. And this week, we continue that little choose your own adventure that I gave to Tara a few weeks ago. And we do a react, a react that Tara really enjoys. <laughs> Who won and lost chapter 17? Hermione won. Yes. <laughs> and Mathilda Bagshot, the horrible woman, lost. Because her mortal body was ripped apart by the snake. I'm not going to give her the loss. I'm giving it to Voldemort. <laughs> you did spoil that the last I did. Episode, I did. <laughs> you even knew the answer. I wrote a thing. And I wrote a thing and I'm going to read it. I hope you like it. I'm sure that I will. I always do. Good. Okay, let me just um, open my email. Adam Bowers. You thing. just used like 10 different accents. I did. I don't even know. Chapter 18, The Life and Lies of Alvis Dumbledore. Hermione cautiously joins Harry outside, bringing him tea, both the verbal and the herbal variety. In the chaos of Godric's Hollow, Hermione stole Rita's book from the horrible woman, which means that they can find out firsthand who the blonde boy is from Cocaine Baby's Memory and the horrible woman's slughorn altar. Also, Rita's writing fucking sucks. Thank you. It's bad. Any guesses on who blonde ambition is? Lucius Malfoy? He wishes that was his nickname back in Hogwarts. Ludo Bagman? You're wrong! It's Grindelwald! And he and Dumble conspired toward making Muggles their bitch. But that's not all. They also conspired toward making each other their bitch. I mean, let's be honest. When the snake came out of the horrible woman in the last chapter, Dumble came back from gay death to say that he's been there just in reverse. 
In fact, fun fact for your next Harry Potter trivia outing, did you know that Grindelwald named his dick Nagini? Wow, everything is connected. Oh, also Grindelwald is the horrible woman's nephew. And they become great friends after Dumble's mom died. Oh yeah, remember that? Ariana Grande killed Kendra. Don't you forget it. And then they had a big fight with their wands. And then Ariana Grande got involved, which, you know, probably isn't super weird for gay sex normally, but in this case, she died. And not in the gay way, like, oh my god, I died, as in, oh my god, I live. She actually died. And Aberforth was such a stan, he blamed Dumble for killing Ariana Grande with gay sex and punched him in the face, which again is something he's used to, but in reverse, and from Grindelwald. Anyways, Harry has big feels about Dumble not being comfortable enough to come out to him, and probably also that he was low-key a dark wizard, but aren't all gays really? Hair flip. Well, that was confusing, but it was still better than Rita Skeeter's writing. <laughs> it was great. I loved it. Not Rita Skeeter's writing. It was a, just about as confusing as the end of the last chapter. <laughs> I, I mean, tried to get as many gay jokes as I could in You there. did. I always welcome the gay jokes. Oh, well, considering that you are one. Hermione's badassery doesn't stop with the fact that she nursed Harry back to health, made sure everything was fine, saved his ass, got the asses out of there. She also stole a book. She also stole a book. <laughs> That's our Hermione. Good going job. Back to her, going Steal back books. to her roots, stealing books. <laughs> I do every time I enter a library. <laughs> like, I don't need to use my library card. I'm just taking this with me. I'm just kidding. For legal reasons, I'm just kidding. <laughs> For legal reasons. I don't actually do that. I mentioned this in the last episode, too. But Rita's note in it, just really showing what a class act she is. Oh, my God. About, like, all of this is true. You said it. Even if you don't remember. Well, lucky for you, Rita. Uh, she don't remember anything because she um. gay. Um, before we talk about the book, can we talk about the beginning of the chapter? Oh, I thought that was the beginning of the chapter. No, is we have a time in Harry's head. Oh, great. I know, right? Take it away. <laughs> well, you were talking about you're like you've been so frustrated with Hermione in this book being like, Harry, don't let Voldemort into your brain. <laughs> Whoa. You're filled with all the accents today. Wow. I, I because I spent my day judging speech and debate, so I've Heard all kinds of voices and accents, and now apparently I have to use them. P.S. Not using any of the ones from today. Those were good. Mine are terrible. Anyway, when he kind of, like, thinks back about all of the things that has happened to him, like the time he lost all the bones in his right arm once. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> all the scars that he has. And he's like, this journey has already given him scars to his chest and forearm, just to join those on his hand and forehead. But never until this moment had he felt fully to be fatally weakened. Vulnerable, and of course, he's talking about not having his wand. He's thinking about how he was clearly dependent on the twin cores. Remember when he had like the the gold spark, the spinning, the yeah, spinning yeah, wand, yeah. and everyone was like, "No, Harry, you're great, whatever." And he's like, he knew what would happen if he would bring something to Hermione, and she'd be like, "The wand's only as good as the wizard." And he's like, "Yeah, fuck that. Okay, my wand was special. My wand did all the work, and I'm a shit wizard." Like, I think that that's literal. <laughs> going on in his head. Maybe. I, <laughs> He's like, like, I only know one spell, you know, and I can't even do it with this one. It's so funny because I honestly did what Harry probably, well, I mean, obviously he's overthinking about his one right now, but I literally was like, new chapter, great, we're going to forget about that wand mm-hmm. <laughs> breaking, because probably, like the way that I would think, is probably not that, but if my wand broke, I'd be like, how the fuck am I going to defeat Voldemort? 
Like, exactly. that would be and my that's first That's what thing. he's doing. That's what he's thinking about. He's like, he probably feels so defenseless. Which yeah, is and I mean. completely fair. He's like, literally, like, tasked with killing Voldemort and he's doing a fucking wand. And then coming up with the, not coming up with, <laughs> that's not the right way to say it. The fact that it's the twin cores and that whole thing. And, like, now, obviously, at this point, we're sort of learning that Voldemort is also looking for a wand. So... Harry doesn't completely realize that, I'm sure, but there's some comfort in that, I think, at the very least. Based on everything that's happened in the last 24 hours, I don't think he can even begin to think of it that way. You know what I mean? I think um, you're right. I think Harry is, not to be like shit all over Harry, but Harry is very rash, and so like everything is kind of in the moment, and right now that's in the foreground of his mind. Yeah. And even though he obviously has to think of ahead about the fact that we have to defeat Voldemort, because that's clearly what he's actually thinking about, but he's also like, right now, all I'm worried about is that I don't know what the next steps are, you know? Again, we'll get to it when we get out of this little conundrum in, like, the next chapter or the chapter after it or whatever. I mean, it's the same thing I said when Ron left. It's that, like, two steps forward, mm-hmm. one step back sort mm-hmm. of thing. Now, in this case... I guess that's the other thing that I come off of the last chapter of, is, like, did they learn anything? Do we have anything new? Like, obviously, they know that the little bag shot does not... I'm sorry. They know that the horrible woman... The does, horrible woman. ...does not have the sort of Gryffindor. Right, and she did. And she did. And she did. At first, I thought she said she did. I was like, what? Uh, did I read this one? And she did. What if she did? <laughs> she actually did. What if instead of a snake coming out of her, the sort of Gryffindor <laughs> Just Harry, like, reached in, like, fucking Arthur's... Reached into her mouth. sword and be like... And pulled uh, it out and she crumbled. Be like, it'd be like the sword in the stone, the sword in the horrible woman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what if that happens? That would be so cool. And then they'd be like, okay. She's just, she's just like the short sorting hat. I love it. You can only pull the sword of Gryffindor out of a... Um, Dying woman or a sorting hat. Out of a dusty old... Something. Hat. Or hag. Yeah, exactly. It has to begin with H-A. <laughs> At one point, um, Ron fists Harry and pulls out the sword of Gryffindor. <laughs> it's canon. It's real. <laughs> I don't even remember what I was talking about. Know. Let's, let's move on. Yeah, Hermione's <laughs> like, I stole this book. I mean, but she's afraid of Harry, and Harry's like, it's okay. It's okay. He's it was an accident uh, that you broke my wand. You well, saved yeah, our lives. Yeah. I guess that's the other thing, because we didn't really touch on it, but the whole thing of, like, when she was trying to kill the snake. Part of me is like, I mean, this is her Hermione, but, like, did you really have to tell him? Right. It was a frenzied situation. You're like, it broke while we got out of there. It's very nice of you to say this, Hermione, Hermione She's just honest. a very honest person. And I'm an honest person, too. Like, I, in some cases, I feel like I am honest to a fault, but sometimes there is value in a little white lie, I think, <laughs> to just make things yeah. better. I mean, it is what it is. I already talked about how I feel like, yes, it is very apparent that Harry is angry. And it's funny, because you even had said, like, it's at the forefront of his mind. I think it's very mindful of him to have just accepted it to this, yeah. at this point, you know? Well, I mean, Harry is nothing if not a person that just goes with... Whatever the fuck's going on, because he has no choice. Yeah, because he said so at the beginning of the sixth movie. God, he did, and you're like, no, <laughs> Harry questions everything. That fucking movie. Not anymore, man. he learned his lesson, now he's just like, Now well, he's just like, okay, this is what <laughs> this we're doing what now. Is. The first thing I have to say about this book. <clears throat> She's a terrible writer. She's a terrible writer, but I think, and beyond the opinion, the, the amount of times she t- tries to persuade the reader and be like, 
what if we raised these hypothetical questions and tried to get the reader to think of anything other than the actual truth? This is a biography, girl. Like, you're not trying to get people to think a certain way. You're trying to tell the facts here. Beyond that, the fact that she has to call Bathilda Bagshot baddie. Yeah. And Elpheus Doge, Dog Dog Breath Breath. Doge. Like, what did that poor guy do to be called that? I'm sorry, who's reading this book and thinking that you have any credible... Credibility? Yeah. Thank you. It's crazy to me that she thought that it was appropriate to put this in a book. Yeah, 100%. Like, I'm just like, what the fuck is wrong with I you? I mean, even if she left that note to Bathilda saying, like, oh, everything here is true, even if you don't remember saying it, yeah. what do you think she's going to do when she reads it? Well, I mean, she probably could see, oh, this bitch ain't reading anything out of those cataracts. Right. But still. But still. your fucking integrity, Rita? We know you don't have the, any. Yeah. She ain't never had any. Yes. If you rewind in this podcast, not not this episode, but this podcast as a whole, there are times where there's something a little bit, like, glamorous about Rita that I like. But I think more than anything, even despite all the shit in the fourth book and everything else that she's done, this is where I almost feel like her ass is hanging out even more. Um, Harry and Hermione start to read the chapter entitled The Greater Good, because mm -hmm. Harry... Is looking for the picture of Dumbledore and the blonde-haired piece. Oh, yes, because, I'm and, sorry. Yeah. That was another thing, that when they operated, he dropped the picture, so he's now, now like, now he has all the information, we don't know who that blonde kid is. And then, that's when Hermione's like, Hermione's oh, like, I stole well, the we book. we do actually know who the blonde kid is. And it's like, oh, perfect, mm-hmm. and then we get into the chapter. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Harry looks for the picture that he had found when he was looking at the book in Umbridge's office. Mm-hmm. That's where he first saw the picture, and he's like, what the fuck? It's Bellard Grindelwald. And then they try to figure out, like, what that's about. And they have to go back so many chapters. And so they start with the chapter called The Greater Good. She talks about Dumbledore. And then she talks about how Kendra dies and Dumbledore has to go home. And she interviews a person named Enid Smeek, who's clearly an asshole. Because they're talking... Okay, we have to talk about this. Okay. Okay, first of all... Unnecessary sequel of a movie. What the fuck was her obsession with Aberforth and goats? Are you trying to be funny? Or are you trying to be disgusting? Wait, 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 wait. I don't even remember this. I must have glossed over it. He wore a head case at Aberforth and Enid Sneak, whose family lived on the outskirts of Godric's Hollow, ran wild. With his mom and dad gone, you'd have felt sorry for him, only he kept checking goat dung at my head. And then, like, there's all the stuff about, like, the goats that live in the Hogshead. Implication that he's maybe, like, low-key obsessed with goats. And I don't get it. And I feel like... You know what? I ship it. Aberforth and goats? mm, Why not? Well, because I feel like Unnecessary Movie Sequel is... Because why isn't it called The Goat's Head, then? Well, I think think that she's trying to, like, make... She's trying to be. I mean, she's joke. totally trying to. And I'm like, it's not yeah. actually funny. It's I don't know. I've always been like, really. I mean, she is treating the people. <clears throat> I mean, I was about to say characters in this book, yeah. but these real people, she's. I mean, she's treating them pretty disrespectfully. Mm-hmm. It's wild how she chooses like who to speak poorly about. I mm-hmm. guess because we never get that with Grindelwald at all. Because yeah, I mean. Like you said, she goes through the history of the Dumbledores that Kendra dies, and I don't think in this chapter they say that Ariana killed Kendra, but that's something that has been covered previously or something. Like, whether it was the conversation with Muriel and Elpheus 
previously or whatever. It's implicated during the conversation with Muriel and okay. Alpheus Doge. Dumbledore returns to Godric's Hollow, and if I'm not mistaken, this is also when Grindelwald is visiting Aunt Bethilda. He's, he's visiting Aunt Bethilda because he was he was expelled from Dermstrand. Yes, yes. Now, what are that <clears throat> I? Whatever, him visiting his aunt, that makes a lot of sense. It's so interesting to me how this all lines up. The whole thing of Grindelwald being Bathilda's nephew kind of throws me off. Mm -hmm. Like, why did he go to Durmstrang? And here's the thing. I have recently rewatched Fantastic Beasts. I'm like 10 minutes into Crimes of Grindelwald. And I have not seen... Life and Lies... Secrets of Dumbledore. I was about to say Life and Lies of Elvis Dumbledore, which is the name of this chapter. (laughs) And part of me wanted to kind of, like, get as far into it, and then I just didn't. um, Because I wanted to see how much of this kind of lines up. Because at the very least, I mean, spoiler alert, and I think this is an actual, like, real spoiler alert, because it's in Secrets of Dumbledore, I think... I haven't even seen it, but I'm pretty sure Ariana Dumbledore is an Obscurus, right? Or Obscurial, whatever the correct Yes, term I is. believe that that is what they're implicating between those books and this. The Obscurial is not actually brought up yeah. in this series at all, but when we learn things about Ariana in this series, it literally matches up with the description that Newt uses when we're introduced to the idea of an Obscurial in Fantastic Yes. Games. And... That she gets killed in this duel. Yes, Ariana is killed in this duel. So part of this is like the letter excerpt that we get in this book. Yes. Which, at the very least, this is something that Rita can't skew. I mean, I suppose she probably could, but it doesn't seem like she's doing that. Like, it doesn't seem like she is trying to skew this letter and making it seem... Like, Dumbledore is actually a bad guy. And we'll get there, but I actually interpreted the letter, I think, a little bit differently than Harry. I think I did, too. Okay. Let's actually talk about it now. Because can you read... The letter? The letter is actually pretty small, I think. Gellert, your point about Wizard Dawn... Gellert. Gellert. Gelly. <laughs> Gelly belly. Your point about Wizard Dominance being for the Muggles... <laughs> For the Muggles only good, this, I think, is the crucial point. Yes, we have been given power, and yes, that power gives us the right to rule, but it also gives us responsibilities over the ruled. We must stress this point. It will be the foundation stone upon which we build. Where we are opposed, as we surely will be, this must be the basis of all our counter-arguments. We seize control for the greater good, and from this it follows that where we meet resistance... We must use only the force that is necessary and no more. That was your mistake at Durmstrang, but I do not complain because if you had not been expelled, we would never have met Elvis. Yes. My biggest thing is he says for the greater good. Well, there's two things. That's one of them. The greater good isn't wizard kind. The greater good is everybody. That's what the greater good literally means. Mm -hmm. But then the other thing is he says the thing of like, of course we have to rule. I think he's choosing his words carefully here. You know, when you have a friend and you talk to them in a special way, I guess, let's say. Like, we have inside jokes. We have ways to talk to one another, etc. If they're really that tight, I mean, one of them is probably tighter than the other. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, truly, and that's one of the other things, actually, I'm just going to say it now, too, is, like, there's a point where it's, like, oh, they were friends for two months, and then they go their separate ways, and then they have this big duel. And I'm, like, oh, seriously, that sounds more like lesbian activity than gay man activity to me. 
Especially but, the duel. <laughs> especially the duel. What are two lesbians going to duel about? Uh, They're just going to cock a tub and make some cookies. Shelves? I don't know. Well, make some shelves, sure. I don't know what lesbians do. Uh, me either. Sorry. Sorry, we got distracted by being gay. We got distracted by being gay. We got distracted by being gay. Yep. The story of my fucking life. <laughs> so that was a whole big thing of like, really, they were only like friends for two months. It seems to me very much like if they loved each other. And Gellert Grindelwald is constantly talking about, like, we're wizards so that we can rule over the muggles, blah, 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 blah. It feels to me like Dumbledore is using Grindelwald's words here. It's not necessarily that he believes that. And I take it from the context clues of him saying, like, it's for the greater good. Let me piggyback off of that because I agree with that. I think that what happens, Harry's response to this, and we'll obviously get into this a little more, is that Harry reads into the sensationalism of what ultimately is Grindelwald's push and how he eventually is able to brainwash people. Let me just read to me the most important line of this letter again. Yes, we have been given power and yes, that power gives us the right to rule, but it also gives us responsibilities over the ruled. I have always read that line as Dumbledore absolutely believes that wizards should rule over muggles, mm, Okay, but that they shouldn't dominate over muggles. He says the responsibility over the ruled. So to me, that feels like Dumbledore wants to unite all humankind, whether it being breaking the Statue of Secrets here or not. Okay. But they are the ones with the power. They have the responsibility to keep everyone in line, to okay. rule over the muggles versus to protect the muggles. Like you said before, he's kind of like catering into the ideas of Grindelwald and his wanting to rule and so I think Dumbledore is like, yes, but if we were to rule them, then we are responsible for them. And then we think about the Dumbledore later in life where he's protecting them. He recognizes the humanity of muggles. And I think that this is maybe the beginning of that. Yes. Okay. We're saying the same thing. Yeah. Because you, you I said think, a lot more. I think because I think that I Dumbledore is definitely like seduced by these sensational ideas and like how exciting and progressive Grindelwald seems, but I also think Dumbledore is smart enough. His father was put in Azkaban for torturing muggles. Like, he doesn't necessarily, like, want to align with that, which is why he's never told people that he had any sort of relation with Grindelwald prior to, you know, defeating him in the duel. Mm -hmm. There's something about this interaction with Grindelwald that I think is the thing that makes Dumbledore turn over to being, like, yeah. an activist almost. Yeah. But also, I think he's trying to placate whatever Grindelwald is at this point, and it doesn't obviously work. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't work. That is exactly what I mean. It's very much like, okay, sweetie, let's, you know, it may have been a while since I've been in a relationship, but I remember talking, especially, like, in the early stages, which I don't think I, any of my relationships have gotten kind of past that point, where you're being more genuine. And you're just talking to them like you want to. But I feel like that's what it is. Like, at the very least, two months regardless, mm -hmm. it still feels like they're kind of in that phase. And placating him, I think, is exactly what it is. And kind of using his own words to kind of try to persuade him and things like that. Well, and they are young, to, like, give Hermione credit there. There's really no reason for Dumbledore to ever imagine how far Grindelwald would go. But in this letter... You literally can glimpse where they are as far as, like, their levels of intelligence. Yeah. And the way that he even says, like, I know that we're, like, we joke about how this is, like, a love letter. Like, hey, Grindy. 
From this it follows where we meet the most resistance, we will use only the force that is necessary and no more. Dumbledore, I think, is like, this is a good idea. We will use our power to keep the world safe from harm. Like, I really think that Dumbledore is kind of yeah. moving in that direction, but he's also probably not, like, devoted to the literally, like, whole dominance. I, th I really do think he's, like, placating Grindelwald, but I don't think that he thought Grindelwald was literally going to turn around and wreak havoc because Grindelwald didn't like really he spend didn't time think in... that he would do that yeah yeah and because yeah, yeah. Grindelwald didn't spend time really in Great Britain obviously we know he wreaked havoc upon America because we learned that in Fantastic Beasts mm. and then like the rest of Europe that's where he reigned large you know but I really don't think that he ever anticipated that because yeah. they are young and it's interesting <clears throat> because I think a lot of people who are very much Dumbledore is an asshole kind of use this as leverage of like, oh, he was actually a dark wizard. Now, again, I have not seen Secrets of Dumbledore, so who knows, maybe there's more in there. But I think when we talk <laughs> about Dumbledore's shortcomings... Actually, he's got plenty of them. He's got plenty of them, exactly. And we've talked about them a lot, and we're going to continue to talk about them. In fact, I think we have a Dumbledore-themed episode coming up later I this season. I think so, yeah. So we're going to continue to talk about that, but I don't think my opinion of why he has some of these flaws comes from that he used to be a dark wizard. Who knows? That could all change. I, there's a lot of people in mind who I think really latch on to the thought that what Dumbledore does is because he's rooted in darkness. Like, he has that past history. I think a lot of people, get, and this is a, like a fandom thing, take stuff like this and then are like, oh, well, if Dumbledore was a dark wizard, let's look back and at all these other things and how he manipulated Harry and how he manipulated Tom Riddle and blah, 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 blah. Sure. We all do it. It's that's, all fun well, stuff yeah, to think that's about. That's a lot more legit than this being tied to him being a dark wizard, in my opinion. I mean, let's be honest. He did manipulate Harry. He absolutely At the very least, manipulated, the very least Harry. he manipulated Harry. But I think some people go so far in saying, mm -hmm. like, he has this dark background. And I don't know so I think that is true. Who knows? We'll see. I have the right to change my mind. But I think that we're on the same page yeah. here. People who just jump to that and like, oh, well, it says in the book that he was a dark wizard. I think that they're not looking at contact. I think people are taking things at face value. And that's the number one thing that you can do from this series, I think. Well, I think that's 100% true. But to like kind of jump back into Harry and Hermione's reaction to this, I think for Harry, his betrayal and disappointment in this is all valid. Reading that for him, because Hermione's like, you know, they were young and he's like, and you were going to say that. And he's like, so are we and look at what we're doing. It's such a valid thing. Yep. Harry's analysis of this is so valid. Looking at all of this and looking at how betrayed Harry feels by Dumbledore, by all of this. Absolutely, he's going to feel this way. And I 100% yeah. understand and respect him for that. Yeah, thank you. Because not to confuse, like, readers can interpret this yeah. in a variety of different ways. But the way that Harry is doing it. They just came off a rough day. A real he, rough day. He's already been feeling like this. One of his best friends has just left them because they're like, Dumbledore didn't tell you anything. You're not prepared. He has a lot of animosity towards Dumbledore right now. And then to read this, mm -hmm. earlier in the episode, at the very least, too, I had said something like, what did they learn from this situation? And it's really getting this book. This mm -hmm. book is what kind of launches them into the next sort of stuff. Probably what is coming up, too, because we even talked a little bit off mic today about, like, what is happening next in the book. Obviously, coming up, Ron comes back with them, and they mm -hmm. have a little bit of a triumphant moment. They go to see Xenophilius. Then they get caught by the Snatchers, and they go to Malfoy Manor. 
And then part one in the movies ends. Yeah. They're in a little bit of a rough time here. So Harry isn't probably thinking contextually about that. Like, and how could he? can't he? think about it. I mean, beyond all of that, his wand is now broken. Blah, blah, blah. It's It hasn't been great. So naturally he's going to be thinking this way. That felt great. <laughs> Honestly, other than what we've already discussed, I don't really have that much left about this chapter. So one of the things I do want to say about this chapter, because we talked about how terrible Rita's writing is, mm-hmm. I would like to go toward the end of this chapter in which there's something about how, maybe it was earlier in the chapter, about how she basically like wrote a whole paragraph about how she extracted these memories. Oh, here it is. Unfortunately, the brilliance of Athilda exhibited earlier in her life is now dimmed. The fire's lit, but the cauldron's empty, says Ivor Dillonsbeeve. Put it to me, or in Enid's slightly earthier phrase, she's nutty as squirrel poo. Nevertheless, a combination of tried and tested reporting techniques enabled me to extract enough nuggets of hard fact to string together a whole scandalous story. That whole fucking paragraph is like... Is it necessary? Also, though, like, if I were to read this paragraph in someone's biography, I'd be like, I don't want to read anymore. I'm done. I am done. I do not want to support exactly. this fucking it, writer. It takes all that of her credibility awful. away. Like, you're crediting Literally, this person like, and ripping them to shreds yeah. in the same... 100%. I'm glad you brought that up, because what I remember at the end of this chapter that so they're that reading... So uh, that was actually earlier in Rita's chapter, so oh. I apologize. But I, well, I couldn't remember where it was, but, but still, I knew it was in the chapter. at the end, what I remember that they are continually talking about is all of these, like, hypotheticals that I kind of already talked about of, like, oh, could it really be that Dumbledore is really a piece of shit? Or whatever the case is. I mean, and that's literally sensationalism that she's promoting. Again, I'm not going to really judge Harry for it, but, like, he kind of falls into that. Why wouldn't he? Well, especially based on where he is. It's really unprofessional. It's a biography, girl. It is not a good biography. It, it I is still want to read it, but... <laughs> Well, and it's funny, when you think of, like, even the articles that we've seen, she's not very professional in those, but she's at least holding herself back. Here, she's not even holding herself back. It's very, like, inquirer. It's very inquirer. I would go so far to say, if she were doing a podcast like we are, that is very personal. When I say personal, I mean, like, we're small and humble. We make jokes here that... You know, probably a lot of people would not necessarily gravitate to. Let's say. We're niche. We know who our audience is. Yeah, absolutely. Our audience is very smart and they understand all of our jokes. Oh, yeah. If she were to do something like that, that's the time or place to say these sorts of things, perhaps. Mm Mm-hmm. When you're, like, out there publishing this book and promoting it to the greater wizarding community and you're saying this sort of stuff, I've always kind of thought... That a lot of her writing is like, who is really like reading this and thinking mm-hmm. that this is somebody who's credible? But yet again, here we are. She stooped to a new low. I already brought up how Hermione was like, he was young and Harry was like, he's the same age as we are, whatever. That kind of thing. But, Were um, they really like 16, 17? I think Dumbledore is older than Grindelwald because Grindelwald was expelled and then he went to stay with his aunt. Right. And so, so Dumbledore yeah. had already finished at Hogwarts. So he's at least a year, if not two. So Dumbledore's daddy. Dumbledore's daddy. He's the daddy in the situation. So Dumbledore is their age, and Grindelwald is a year younger. Wait a minute, hold on. So Dumbledore is 16? Dumbledore is 17. Still, that is, like, wild how young they are in this situation. Well, my Harry and Hermione are 17. She calls Harry out, and she says, I'm sorry, the real reason you're so angry is that Dumbledore never told you any of this himself. And Harry is like, maybe I am. He's like, look what he has from me. Both of them have such valid points. 
Like, Hermione is just trying so hard to diffuse Harry's, like, frustration and devastation over everything. Mm -hmm. And Harry is so past that because look at what he has. Yeah. Look at how he's feeling. It's very raw and real and relatable, even though obviously, like, we've never been in a situation where we're trying to, you know, save the world from an evil wizard. At least that's not happened to me yet. You know? It has happened to me, though. <laughs> you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of some friends that I'm no longer friends with. I would listen to them have a conversation, and they would be fighting with each other, but they'd be on the same side. Mm-hmm. Now that I work in the executive department of my hospital, I'm like, y'all are literally saying the same thing. But, like, that's what it feels like. It's wild to me. In this case, they're not necessarily fighting. It's that both of them are in the right. Both of their feelings are valid. What they are saying is correct for their situation. Well, and they're, they're aligning in different ways, too. That happens because people are different. And they have to hear things, they have to feel things differently and able to get to a place where they're safe and comfortable. Hermione and Harry are definitely moving in the same direction, but they're not necessarily in the same place. And that's okay, because they're also very different people. Yeah. The end of the chapter, even though I usually want to set her on fire, Unnecessary Movie Sequel did do a very, very nice closing section of the chapter where she solidifies this whole platonic friendship and love between Harry and Hermione. For whatever reason, this always moves me, but... Yeah, I see is, what you're saying. Harry says, thanks for the tea. I'll finish the watch. You get back in the thanks warm. Thanks for the tea, sis. Thanks for the tea. She hesitated, but recognized the dismissal. She picked up the book and then walked past him into the tent, but as she did so, she brushed the top of his head lightly with her hand. He closed his eyes at her touch and hated himself for wishing oh, that what she said was true. It's so nice. It's so All nice. Of it it's, is just so like, nice. it's just like this nice touchstone for the two of them. And I feel like everyone needs that. The readers need it, it right is, now. It is so nice. And again, like, I think that this is what the people who did the movie were kind of trying to get with to dance. with the dance. Yeah, I was thinking that's I thing. really yeah. do. And I think that, that and that's one reason why I stand the dance so much. I think the whole point of that was really just to kind of give us that physical connection. They're hurting and there's got to be something. There's like, But there's got to be something to show that they're still family. Right, and there's yeah. still family, and there's still, like, something there yeah. that doesn't hurt. I think my only other question about this chapter is, do any of these loose ends in Rita's book get tied up in this book? Truly, when I was reading this, I was like, I think a lot of this is probably handled in the Fantastic Beasts. Such as? Regarding what are Dumble's true motives here. I mean, Dumble and Harry have a conversation during the King's Cross chapter. Memory of Dumbledore, whatever Dumbledore that's comes out to, to him post- Humius, what do you say that word? Post humius. Why can't I say that? I don't know what you're trying to say. <laughs> to use it in a sentence, like we're in a spelling bee. <laughs> Dumbledore's biography is least post homoously. Mm-hmm. Post homoously. He was a homo, but he's not anymore because he's dead. You know what I'm trying. You what know is that, that fucking word. That's what I'm trying to say. Dumbledore comes out to him after his death. He's like, oh yeah, I was a gay when I was alive. But now that I'm dead, I'm a super gay. Here it is. Post. Post. We don't know how to pronounce that word. (laughs) Can I see it? This one. Yes. You you got it. I'm sure. Post. Humus. Does it. Wait. Oh, the pronunciation? Wait, how do you turn on the volume of your phone? the volume. Just on the side. Guys, we're approaching 40. (laughs) Technology is hard for us now. You do it. Okay, okay, okay. (laughs) She's an android, too. Oh! Posthumous! Posthumous. Posthumous. 
we are sitting here saying post homo. <laughs> Guys, please forgive us. I've, I'm like, I've seen the word. I'm like, how the fuck do you pronounce it? I've heard people say it's the literally word. Literally, me, anytime I say a word, people are like, the fuck did you English. Say? I'm like, I've only ever read it. Fucking English. I've only fucking English. That's what I'm trying to say. That Dumbledore fuck. came out to Harry posthumously. posthumously. And I was like, and I've heard post-homo-ously. it. Post homoously. <laughs> You know what? That's what it is now. Like I said, he used to be gay, but now he's a super gay. <laughs> I mean, super nice. gay. I don't know where we are. Are we ready for a game? Yep, let's play a game. Game, 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 game. Do you have a guess on what this game is? I don't know. Is it another Mad Libs? No. That's what I was thinking during this entire thing is like we just did a Mad Libs. We can't do another Mad Libs. No, we got a quiz for you. <laughs> A quiz, a quiz. Be prepared if we're going to be bad. Question number one. This wait, is, wait, is there a theme to this quiz? Yes, this is the chapter from Rita's book. Oh, yes. The Life the and life, Lives of the... the chapter, the greater good. From the oh, yeah, the greater good. Dumbledore. Question number one. Which of the following is not an award or title that Dumbledore held oh, yes. at Hogwarts? Okay. Number one. British youth representative to the Wizarding Gamot. Okay. Two, head boy. Three, gold medal. Gold medal? Gold medal. That's that gold, one. Gold medal. <laughs> gold medal. Gold medal winner for the groundbreaking contribution to the Transfiguration Conference in Berlin. Barnabas Finicky Finicky Prize. <laughs> that one, but Barnabas Finicky. <laughs> Barnabas Finicky Prize for exceptional spellcasting. Well, we know it wasn't head boy because. Is that it? Was he yeah, not head four. boy? Is he not head boy? No, which one is it? That's what I'm saying. Your guess is head boy? boy. But he he is head boy because he loves it. He was head boy, yeah. So what was your (laughs) answer? He was. He was and is and always will be. He is. Well, now he's dead. I don't know. That's the only one I focused on. The Barnabas one. No, that was correct. Okay, what were the other choices? So they are uh, the British Youth Representative. That one. The Wizengamot. That one. No, he was that. Fuck. Here's the answer that he was not. As wrong as... He was not the gold medal. medal the gold medal, yeah. See, I said it. I said it. I was right. Ta-da. The gold medal. The gold, gold winner for groundbreaking contribution to the Transfiguration Conference in Berlin. Okay. No, 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 because he was the gold medal winner for the, the ground, gold matter? Gold medal winner for the groundbreaking something else that was in, like, another country. Great. But I literally changed it. So Good for Dumble. Yes. He's smart. Next question. Where were Dumble and Doge going to be traveling when he got news of his mother's death? Oh, it's Disneyland. (laughs) Are we sure this isn't wrong answer (laughs) something? Well, that's where they were really going. That's where Doge went, not Um, not this place. Why don't I remember? Did they go Albania? (laughs) Everyone wants to go to Albania Albania. in this book. It's Albania? Albania, dumb. Can I have a hint? Um, is it in Europe? It's classic. It's classic? Hogwarts? A, it's a classic place. Hogwarts. Like she's classics or God's... Church? Greece. <laughs> My God. Yeah, I do kind of recall that. <laughs> Next question. What was Albus's article in Transfiguration Today that caught Bethilda's attention and reconciled the Dumbledores with her? I don't fucking know. Give me a hint. Can I have a multiple choice? I can't give you a multiple choice, but... Make the other choices up. <laughs> That's the fun part. What, what? I'm sorry, what was the original question? What was Albus's article in Transfiguration Today about that, that caught Bethilda's attention? Okay, wait, this does sound sort of familiar. Transfiguration... I don't know. 
trans species transformation. He was out there for the LGBTQ. He was. From the very beginning. Thank you, Dumble. How old was Grindelwald when he was expelled? Uh, 14? 16. Oh, so he was just expelled. Literally just expelled. That was a trick question. I thought he... <laughs> It I really wasn't. It really wasn't. <laughs> it's okay. This one is a rude question. What page is a copy of the original letter Albus sent to Grindelwald? And I'm already failing, bitch. I'm already failing. You're going to give me that? 394. <laughs> two of those numbers are correct, so I'm going to give it wait, to wait, you. Wait, wait, wait. What were the two correct ones? Three and four. Page 34. Page 43? 463. Oh, wait, I, you yeah. You it. told I'm me still... there were three numbers that weren't in it's All okay. right. Well, you, uh, I'm still going to give you that one. All right. Well, now you got two minus, out of the three numbers. A D minus. <laughs> what chapter number presumably contains the details of the legendary Dumble Grindelwald duel? What chapter number in Rita Skeeter's fucking paste? <laughs> I don't know. Chapter 40? 22. Okay. The next one you're going to get. How long did Dumble and Grindelwald's okay. friendship last? Two months. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Flashback to the rest of this episode where I mentioned it like 10 times. Oh, he's going to do so good at my quiz. The only answer I know. The only the last question. According to Rita's book, how long did it take for the Wizarding World to convince Dumble to duel Grindelwald? 10 years. Cut that in half. Five years? Yes! You got so it! So you're telling me that they dueled when they were 22 and 21? The way it says it in the book. You cannot tell me that. Jude Law and Johnny Depp in the first Fantastic Beasts movie look like they are in their 40s. Right? I know. They look like they're our age. Do people make movies know how old people are? Because of these fucking movies, I literally worded the question so it was according to her book because I was like, that doesn't make any fucking sense. But let me just read to you what it says here. However, there can be no doubt that Dumbledore delayed for some five years of turmoil, fatalities, and disappearances. That's and his attack nothing. upon Gellert Grindelwald. I've been single for 10. Get over yourself, Dumbledore. Yeah, you don't know what it's like. I mean, I I'm guess he getting... was probably single then by the time he was, mm. what, 23? So from 23 to fucking 120? Is he single? Maybe I'm Dumbledore. Listen, how I'm do you, How you... do you know I didn't defeat an evil gay man? I know you did. It's fine. You are correct. I'm giving you a passing score. You are a bad teacher then. Uh, <laughs> because I failed that. Okay. I'm giving you a passing score. Speaking of failing, let's talk about the movie. <laughs> this chapter really isn't in the movie. Not really. We have the host escape from Godric's Hollow, and that's really it. From, 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 the, the, horrible from the horrible woman. That's really about it. There's... They unnecessarily make Harry even crabbier than usual. Well, I guess, but I mean... It's fine, it's fine. It's still a rough day. It's been a rough day for everyone. Like, if somebody's looking at this movie and being like, Harry's so moody all the time. When's the last right. time you were attacked by right. a giant snake? And be like, can we go back and that talk about That came out of fifth, an old woman. Right? Go back to the fifth movie. We're like, when's the last time you watched someone get murdered? Yeah. Like, poor Harry. Yeah, there's really not much of this chapter, but that's in there. Oh, and we were commenting on, like, the fact that they are fucking not dressed for the winter. Oh, that's really They the are thing. not dressed for the winter. Yeah. And then he's like, go back in where it's warm. And I was like, neither of you are warm. You are wearing a fucking yeah. pullover. Like, there's snow on the ground. She has, like, a blanket over her legs and there's, like, a regular sweater on. I snowblowed my driveway the other day, and it was cold as shit. I did not have 
a, a snowblower the last time we had a massive snowstorm. And when it is a massive snowstorm and you're out there and it's like windy and it's whipping around you and all of this... Like, there was maybe two inches of snow on my driveway. And it was cold as shit. It was cold as fuck. And I felt like I wasn't bundled. And they were wearing like half the clothes I was. I was just like, they're not at all fucking dressed for this. They were like, oh, it's spring break. (laughs) My name is wearing a wet t shirt. Right? Maybe this is a British thing. Like, they're just like, whatever, it's not that cold. Probably. Everything's cold over there, right? I think that it's colder over there. I don't think it's that much colder, though, is it? I don't know. I haven't been there. I don't know. Here in Ohio, we get everything, so... We literally get everything. Like, we had that snow on Tuesday that was bullshit, and 20 miles south of here, nothing. It was 70 degrees. Literally not a fucking thing. At least we don't get alligators. (laughs) Speaking of alligators... Negative 20 to read a skater. Oh my god. Because she sucks. It's a terrible look. Ding ding. That's the And you're right. Points. That's all. That's yep, the only points. It. That's really all that happened here. That's was true. It? Well, Hermione stole a book. So we're maybe not well, going to... We're not going to maybe reward that. Plus five. Plus five to Hermione. You're like, no, nah, we'll give her five for stealing a They're book. They're not official. Just it, pretend those... Like, yeah. Kudos to Hermione. Good <laughs> job. Stealing books. Next chapter, chapter 19. Chapter 19. Do you know what it is? It's called The Silver Dome. It is. It's a silver dome. It's about to get Snapey up in here. It's been a minute since we've seen Snape. I wonder if I find some winter clothes <laughs> to go jump in this frozen they, lake. God, I have feelings about it already. We'll uh, yeah, me there. too. My nipples are already hard. Right? Basic Snitches is recorded and produced by Adam Bowers and Tara Gorkery. Thanks so much for listening. Be sure to rate us five stars on your listening app of choice and share us with all your other friends who love Harry Potter and getting drunk. Yes. Join our social media pages, Facebook, Instagram. I never update Twitter, but we have that. We do. Also email basicsnitches at gmail.com. We also now have a website, basicsnitches.com. And a Patreon, patreon.com slash basicsnitches. Join today and get exclusive content every week and be acknowledged in every single one of our episodes. Taryn Telegra, dance bitch. I see you new friends who don't make me dance for nothing. Yeah, they ain't gonna come, honey. We out!